This podcast brought to you by Gowan Canada, makers of Edge Microactive Pre-Emergent Herbicide. The heartbeat of Saskatchewan is agriculture. 620 CKRM is proud to be your voice for everything ag. Welcome to Sask Ag Today with your host, Ryan Young. Good afternoon. Welcome to Sask Ag Today. Glad you could join me. Make yourself at home. Here's what we got going on for today. Harvest in Saskatchewan has begun in earnest, and I talked with Crops Extension Specialist Mackenzie Ladoon to break down how the start of harvest has gone to this point. A retired agronomist provided a refresher of harvest aids available to producers, and with the dry conditions across the prairies, the question of how high Durham prices could go was addressed by a market analyst with Grain Fox. The farm weather is in its usual spot at the bottom of the hour. This is SaskAg Today with 620 CKRM Agri-News Director Ryan Young. SaskAg Today is brought to you by Johnston's Grain, your first and last stop for grain pricing and crop protection. The 2023 harvest is underway in Saskatchewan. 4% of the crop is being combined ahead of the 5-year and 10-year averages of 2% for this time of the year. Crops Extension Specialist Mackenzie Ladoon says farmers who aren't in the field yet are preparing for this week. We're leading our harvest progress for this week because they are 11% complete in the region. The Northeast region has just started with less than 1% off already. However, combines are entering their fields across the province this week. She says winter cereals and pulse crops are coming off first. Full rye harvest is most advanced with 43% of the province's crop often in the bin. Winter wheat is also currently 15% harvested for this coming year. Field peas are the most harvested of all spring seeded crops, with 22% of this year's crop in the bin. Lentils are not far behind, with 17% of the crop being harvested. In general, harvest is really just beginning for our oil seeds, such as canola, flax, mustard, and soybeans. It was another week of scattered rain showers throughout the province. The Southwest reported the most precipitation this past week, with 36 mils in the eyebrow region. The Pelly region also reported significant moisture with 31 millimeters, while other areas of the province really only received trace amounts. Provincially, 12% of cropland has adequate topsoil moisture, 45% is short, and 43% is very short. 10% of hay and pasture land has adequate topsoil moisture, 43% is short, and 48% is very short. Crop damage boiled down to heat stress, flea beetles, and grasshoppers. Many, many haying and silage operations are finishing their last fields. Provincially, dryland alfalfa is estimated to yield 1.2 tons per acre, while green feed is estimated to be 1.4 tons per acre. Irrigated alfalfa is estimated to yield 2.9 tons per acre, and green feed is estimated to yield 1.2 tons per acre. Silage yields are estimated to be 4.4 tons per acre. Water quality has been a concern this year given the dry conditions, and if any producers are concerned about their water quality, they're welcome to bring in water samples to our local regional offices for water quality testing performed by our livestock extension specialists. Producers are also busy selling cattle, hauling water, and preparing for fall operations. Ladoon reminds everyone to be safe this harvest season. And the public is reminded that there will be extra machinery on the roadways this coming season and to give that machinery some extra space and time while traveling. There's also the risk of fire this harvest, which is exasperated by those dry conditions we saw throughout the growing season and producers are encouraged to have fire mitigation resources at the ready. Those dry conditions can also be very stressful for producers, and harvest can add to that stress. If they are feeling any extra stress, they're reminded to take any safety precautions that they can, and also that the farm stress line is available for them to call whenever they need. 
That's Crops Extension Specialist Mackenzie Ledoon with this week's crop report. Again, 4% of harvest has been completed. Back with SaskAg Today with Ryan Young on 620 CKRM. This segment of SaskAg Today is brought to you by Prairie 6-Inch. For Prairie 6-Inch Eavestroff, size matters. So see Prairie 6-Inch Eavestroff, your farm shop specialist. PrairieEavestroff.ca With harvest bearing down on us, it's time for a refresher on harvest aids. Tom Weir is a retired Yorkton agronomist. He says harvest aids are herbicides that growers apply to crops at or near harvest time to bring on the ripening of the crop and to kill weeds that are growing in the crop. Weir says there are a few things that farmers need to keep in mind before applying the herbicides. Different buyers that that are saying uh, we don't want harvest herbicides applied. So that's the number one thing. Before you go out there and apply it, just make sure that your end user is going to buy it. Uh, secondly is there is pre-harvest interval on these products and each one may have a different one the idea there is it tells you uh, how many days that you have to wait until you harvest the crop uh, so the residues are uh, dissipated so those are a couple of things that a a grower should do before he decides to apply one of these products or in some cases uh, they use a couple of products mixed together Weir says proper staging of pre-harvest aids is very important. Because applying it uh, too early is just like swathing too early. You are going to lose yield. The crops, if they're not physiologically mature, uh, they basically dry down and and, uh, you lose yield. I've had instances where we've recorded it and 10, 15% can occur if it's applied at the wrong time. And, and that's a, something that's really critical this year because, uh, as you know, we've, we've had a very dry summer. And so areas of the field that had better subsoil moisture, uh, probably low areas, sloughs and that sort of thing, are still maybe green and the rest of the field is ready for uh, our harvest aid desiccation or something along that line. So a grower has to decide, is, is he willing to lose yield in those low spots, which are probably going to be the highest producing area of the field to get out into the field maybe four or five days earlier. So uh, that's a decision each grower have to make. I guess this year there's probably, at this stage of the game, as we're talking, not a big rush to get out there in the field. We're you know, early in August, which is probably 10 days to two weeks ahead of where we normally be. Here's what to look for when staging wheat. To stage wheat for the proper application, you want physiological maturity, which basically there's an organ at the base of the head called a peduncle. And uh, that's just right where the stem attaches to the head. Once that has turned tan or beige, it's ripe. Uh, the head may still have green in it, but it's physiologically mature at that stage. And what I use as a guideline, I want to see, go out into the field, grab handfuls of, of grain, and count the number of heads in there and the number of heads that are still have green in that peduncle area. You want to see that less than 15%, so 85% of the head right. And, of course, that's across the whole field. So if there's areas that are uh, still green, and there are, I've noticed that in fields, areas that are grass green this year, you've got to, as I said before, make a decision. Do you want to sacrifice the yield in those areas? to get the other stuff and get it right. But for sure this year, look for that 85% mature. 
Weir says growers using an aerial application of pre-harvest aids should take extra precautions. I've observed over the last few years a number of right-of-ways, the, the RM uh, road allowances, although they're not active as road allowances, with uh, fairly sizable trees getting uh, damaged or killed by aerial application of, of these harvest aids. And uh, although it may not seem like a big deal to some operators, more and more we have to be conscious of our neighbours and the desire for these people to have nature land to walk along and take their dogs out uh, for runs and stuff. You might not think of that a big deal, but these guys are guys that can get boisterous and, and it's harvest aid is a tool that we don't want to lose. So I really recommend if you're, if you're aerial buying uh, these products to do a couple of headlands by ground application just to make a, uh, a buffer away from these trees. So uh, keep that in mind when you're going out to aerial apply uh, products. Tom Weir is a retired Yorkton agronomist. You're listening to SaskAg Today with 620 CKRM Agri-News Director Ryan Young. Now today's Ag Review with Rod McDonald of GX94, brought to you by Karst Holdings in Assiniboia and Schlamps Integra Tire in Grenfell, your locally owned Integra Tire dealers. From this week's Saskatchewan Agriculture Crop Report, harvest is now 4% complete. This is ahead of the 5-year and 10-year averages of 2% complete. The fall rye harvest is most advanced with 43% of the crop off. Winter wheat is currently 15% harvested. Most of the harvest activity has occurred in the southwest region of the province where harvest is reported as 11% complete. In addition to the fall seeded crops, some peas and lentils have also been harvested. 22% of this year's field peas have been harvested along with 17% of the lentil crop. Haying operations in the province are starting to wind down. Provincially, dryland alfalfa yields are estimated to be 1.2 tons per acre, while green feed is estimated at 1.4 tons per acre. Irrigated alfalfa is estimated to yield 2.9 tons per acre, while green feed is estimated to yield 1.2 tons per acre. Silage yields are estimated to be 4.4 tons per acre. Scattered and varying rain showers moved through the province this past week. However, it wasn't enough to replenish soil moisture levels. Provincially, 12% of cropland has adequate moisture, 45% is short, and 43% is very short. 10% of hay and pasture land has adequate topsoil moisture, 43% is short, and 48% is very short. The war in Ukraine isn't just impacting Ukrainian grain shipments. It's also taking a toll on Russia's wheat sales. Russia's lack of ships and Western grain traders' waning appetite for business with Moscow are adding to rising costs of moving Russian wheat. Russian President Vladimir Putin promised to replace Ukrainian grain with Russian shipments to Africa after Moscow ended an arrangement last month that gave Ukraine's food cargo safe passage in the Black Sea. Indian wheat prices surged to a six-month high this week due to limited supplies and robust demand. Some analysts say the increase in wheat prices may prompt the Indian government to eliminate import duties on wheat. Rising wheat prices could contribute to food inflation and potentially complicate the efforts of both the Indian government and the central bank to contain inflation. 
Analysts say the U.S. corn harvest could be the second largest on record this year. A strong harvest would add to domestic stockpiles that are expected to balloon as demand for U.S. corn exports wilts due to a massive harvest in Brazil, which is expected to overtake the U.S. as the world's top corn supplier. Corn prices fell 18% from their late June peak during July, with improving conditions in the field weighing heavily on the mark. Drought-tolerant genes and other improvements in genetically modified corn allowed the crop to weather severe drought across much of the Midwest. Genetically modified corn now accounts for more than 90% of the U.S. crop. And three Florida men have been sentenced to two years in prison after pleading guilty to charges stemming from a series of frozen beef and pork thefts from packing plants in the U.S. last year. Total loss from the thefts was estimated at $9 million. Investigators identified about 45 thefts that occurred across Nebraska, Iowa, Minnesota, South Dakota, North Dakota, and Wisconsin. The men operated what state and federal investigators said was a sophisticated organized crime enterprise going from state to state, scoping out various packing plants and then driving away with semi-tractor trailer loads of frozen meat. They were eventually nabbed during a traffic stop in Tennessee. Investigators found 19 pellets of frozen pork in the truck. And that's today's AgriView. It's your agri-weather forecast on the voice of Saskatchewan, 620 CKRM. The official 620 CKRM farm weather is brought to you by Shepherd Realty in Regina, specializing in farm and ranch real estate in Saskatchewan. Call Harry, Justin, or Devin at 352-1866. And Moose Jaw Truck Shop, the number one choice for any diesel engine repair. Drop in, no appointment necessary. Or visit moosejawtruckshop.com. Today, partly cloudy and a 30% chance of showers late this afternoon. Also, a risk of a thunderstorm late this afternoon. Winds from the south at 20 kilometers an hour, then becoming late near noon. And then winds from the west at 30 gusting to 50 this afternoon. High of 24 with the humidex 26 degrees. Tonight, partly cloudy and a 30% chance of showers in the evening with a risk of a thunderstorm. Northwest wind at 30 kilometers an hour, low of 12. Tomorrow, sunny, then partly cloudy. West wind at 30, high of 21, the low 7 degrees. Partly cloudy on Saturday, high of 23, a low of 9. Sunday, partly cloudy, high of 21, the low 8. Monday, sunshine, high of 26, a low of 11. Tuesday, also sunny, high of 25, a low of 11 degrees. And Wednesday, sunshine, high of 25. Normal highs around this period are at 20, 25, excuse me. Normal lows, 10 degrees. Sun rose at 539 this morning. And the sun will set at 8.28 tonight. Taking a look around the province in Estevan 19, Swift Current 21, Saskatoon 17, Weyburn 20, Yorkton 11 degrees. Yorkton is also the cool spot in the province. The warm spot is in Conorac at 25. In Regina, mostly cloudy. South-southwest wind at 11 kilometers an hour. Humidity at 72%. Temperature 20 degrees or 68 Fahrenheit. Barometric pressure at 100.2 and falling. In Moose Jaw, part the cloudy, west-northwest wind at 22, temperature 23 degrees. Again in Regina, mostly cloudy, south-southwest wind at 11, temperature 20 degrees. Back in a moment. 
You're tuned to Saskag Today on the voice of Saskatchewan, 620 CKRM. This portion of Saskag Today is brought to you by McDougal Auctioneers, where you're guaranteed the best buying and selling experience. McDougalAuction.com. And brought to you by Pattison Liquid Systems, experts in liquid fertilizer distribution. Fertilizer's just better when it's wetter. Pattison Liquid Systems, expect the best. A chief market analyst with Grain Fox believes Durham wheat prices won't spike to $20 a bushel like they did back in 2021. Neil Townsend could see Durham trade at around $15, but it largely depends on demand around the world. I think the presence of Turkey sort of having an added amount of Durham that they can trade into the market, and again, high prices encourage Durham to come from you know, non-traditional exporters. Turkey's sort of borderline. They've they've been an exporter in the past, but they've also been an importer. I mean, they use a lot of Durham. So them exporting 500,000 tons probably keeps us out of, you know, trading at $18, $19, $20. But but we just don't know. I mean, it really depends on overall demand, which, you know, like there's a big shortage in in Tunisia, tight situation in Algeria, big shortage in Morocco, poor quality and lower quantity in Italy. Uh, basically a write-off in Spain. So, you know, there are conditions that could say, like, if people really want Durham and they want to use it to the same extent that they used it in 22-23, the previous marketing year, I mean, you know, the price would escalate maybe even above 15 or $16. But right now, I think, uh, you know, what I see is that because of a little bit more turkey and some natural price reduction, uh, a, a, a natural demand destruction with the already high prices that, it, you know, we might struggle to get too far above that sort of $15, $16 mark. I think 15 is very obtainable. He went on to say some countries coming out of the pandemic may not have the cash needed to make purchases right now. We still are recovering from COVID and all the economic policies in and around COVID. So a lot of the consumers who we want to sell Durham to are struggling fiscally, including like Tunisia, Morocco, even, uh, you know, Algeria to a certain extent. So they maybe don't have as deep a pockets as they've had in previous years where they can ante up and pay this higher price. So we're going to see some resistance just because of, you know, the sheer state of the government finances in some of those countries. Canada is the largest exporter of Durham, but with drought plaguing the prairie provinces, production estimates will likely be lower this crop year. Depending on who you believe, it's either 3.5 million or 4.5 million tons, but Townsend expects Canada's production of Durham to be around 4.1 million. So I'm not at the low side, but I'm not at the high side either, and and that sort of you know, reduces our export potential by about almost 1.6 million tons from the previous year. There is indications that Turkey may be able to export an incremental, unexpected, you know, five to 600,000 tons. So that lessens a little bit of the price escalation we could see, but the prices probably have to go up because we have to cut off demand from somebody, somebody in North Africa or from the European Union or or just somebody. So it's a very tight situation and it, it is supportive of prices. He says the prairies are in a moisture deficit right now, and if it persists into May and June of next year, then prices could skyrocket. Again, that depends on how other Durham-producing countries in Europe fare weather-wise. You're listening to Saskag Today with 620 CKRM Agri-News Director Ryan Young. This segment of Saskag Today is brought to you by Degelman Industries. Look to Degelman for the most reliable, dependable, engineered tough equipment on the market. 
and Arcola Building Supplies, small town lumberyard, big on service, arcolabuildingsupplies.com. Sask Pork says its members should be included in any support programs being developed during a drought year in parts of the province. Although hog prices have been strong, higher feed grain prices are squeezing profitability. Sask Pork General Manager Mark Ferguson notes feed costs have increased by about 40% since the summer of 2021. Farms have been buying feed ingredients at record-breaking prices. And so what we've had to do is resort to importing grain, primarily corn, which puts us at an extreme disadvantage in terms of our competitiveness. So earlier this year, we were looking optimistically at the fall and the, the good crops that it looked were coming and producers were counting down the days till new crop availability. And even, even a month ago, the situation looked a lot better than it does today with crops going backwards. Ferguson goes on to say, we're going to be re- relying on uh, high-priced outside feed, and hog prices can't support feed prices at the levels they appear to be headed at into the fall. You know, another large factor in the markets is the war in Ukraine and the difficulties that country's had exporting wheat from their region and even producing at the level they used to. So those are having a big impact on cereal grain prices, and uh, and it's pulling everything else up with it. That is Mark Ferguson, General Manager of Sask Pork. There was a delegation of visitors from the Caribbean at Ag Smart in Olds, Alberta. They were taking part in a program partially sponsored by Canada to help learn about some potentially new crops that could be grown in that region of the world. Pat Bedard was acting as a tour guide for the group, and she's with the College and Institutes Canada. We're implementing an international development project in the Caribbean mm-hmm. and our project is uh, called Skills to Access the Green Economy and in three countries, Jamaica, Belize and St. Lucia's Climate Smart Agriculture. So that's when we were planning the study tour and I used to work at Olds College for many years mm-hmm. that I thought this would coming to this field school would be just so amazing for them to learn about the new technologies and to see agriculture in Alberta. Yeah. It's so interesting to hear what's happening in Jamaica is one of those countries. Uh, uh, what are you hoping to show them? Uh, I know they're here, but they're going other places as well. You know, I would like to show them the, the kind of value added in agriculture. Like you're in St. Lucia, for example, small farms. And so they grow cucumbers and tomatoes. But what are the other things that you can do with your cu- cucumbers and tomatoes and jams and stuff? What are all the other things that farmers are doing in Alberta that they can learn from and think about, oh, I could do this in... St. Lucia or Belize. And how did you get involved with this after you worked at Olds College? How did you get involved with, with this organization? Well, College and Institutes Canada we're all members of and so a job actually came open in Jamaica and I lived in Jamaica for two years on a previous project and when I came back I wasn't ready to retire so I worked at Selkirk College in southern British Columbia and then this project came up again and it was a project where I could be there from the beginning to the end and so in, in Dominica it's climate, sorry, it's sustainable construction. In uh, Grenada, it's coastal management. And in Guyana, it's renewable energy. And then our three agricultural programs. And they all have Canadian colleges as partners in each of, of those programs. And the other one, what we're doing is trying to develop an apprenticeship model for the Caribbean. Um, when I was here and at Selkirk, I was a dean of trades. And so we're trying to work on what was an apprenticeship model look like to make recommendations to those governments. That's Pat Bedard with College and Institutes Canada. 
We'll take a break. We'll be back right after this. Here's the market updates with Ryan Young on 620 CKRM. Grain prices at Viterra were mixed in early trading today. Canola is down $3.40 at $7.24.92 a metric ton. And number one red spring wheat is up 27 cents to $3.48.51. And the rest were unchanged. Durham at $5.05.23. Feed barley $3.10.61. Chickpeas $10.36.17. Flax $5.61.54. Lentils 737.50, oats 262.32, yellow peas 365.89, and feed wheat 270.97. On the Minneapolis Grain Exchange, hard red spring wheat for September is up four cents to eight dollars and twenty-three and three-quarter cents a bushel. It's the livestock reports on the Voice of Saskatchewan, 620 CKRM. The Livestock Quotes are brought to you by the Weyburn Livestock Exchange. Call Weyburn Livestock at 842-4574. Now, here are the latest Livestock Quotes. Good afternoon. This is Yorkton Heartland Livestock Mark Report for the week of August the 9th. Well, the pre-sort season has arrived for us. Managed to get 650 head in the sort, 360 cows and bulls, some regular cattle on the side. We had a total of 1,040 for the day. Cows were fully steady, but higher in spots. D1, D2 cows, 136 to 146, sales to 150 to 151. D3 cows, 126 to 136. Older, type, thinner, and weaker cows, 70 to a dollar. Cows are averaging 138.50. From that good Abernethy area, a friend of mine sold all his cows yesterday. 1,750 pound cows topped out at 154.50. Good job to you, Les. Good bulls, 152 to 162, sales to 174, 175, bulls are averaging 162.50. From that good Wapella area, 2,200-pound bull topped out at 179.50. On to the pre-start sale. What a sale that was. 340-pound little calves topped out at 479. Do the math on these little guys. Yearling steers, 575-pounders at 380. 650-pound steers, 363. 750 pound steers 339, 785 pound steers 324, and 850 pound steers at 319. On the heifer side, 400 pound heifer calves 343. Onto the yearling heifers, 450 pound yearling heifers 294, the 550s at 327, and 675 pound heifers at 335. Highlight of the morning, 85 exotic heifers weighing 750 pounds. They topped out at 305. The bigger sisters, 80 exotic heifers weighing 825 at 298. And still, the bigger sisters, 950 pounders, they topped out at 292. A job well done. Next week, August the 16th sale, it will only be a regular sale. Next pre-start, Wednesday, August 23rd for all classes of cattle. On this past weekend, went to congratulate Carter and Brooklyn on their wedding day in Churchbridge. What a great day and a fun-filled day for all. Congratulations to you both. Carter works at Heartland as a salesman and auctioneer. That's it for this week at Heartland Yorkton. I'm Harvey Exner. Have a good day. And now the latest pork prices for the Brandon and Moose Jaw plants today. They're at $248.46 per CKG. Coming up after the break, the Resource Report. This is the Saskatchewan Resource Report on 620 CKRM. Here's Ryan Young. Now the Resource Report. 
Brought to you by Mazank Fuels, your local branded Petro-Canada wholesaler for over 40 years. Fill up the tank, call Mazank, 306-721-6667. The federal government has released draft regulations designed to clean Canada's electricity grid and reach net zero by 2035. Environment and Climate Change Canada says if the regulations are adopted, the national average household energy bill is estimated to increase by 35 to $61 per year. But it says only 2% of that increase will come as a result of the regulations. Federal officials say they expect increases to be offset as people move away from fossil fuels. A final version is expected to be published in January of 2025. The Canadian Nuclear Safety Commission will hear final arguments from Indigenous communities today regarding a proposed nuclear waste facility near the Ottawa River. The Commission paused its decision to move ahead with the facility located in Chalk River, Ontario, about 180 kilometres northwest of Ottawa last year. The site sits within, within a kilometre of the Ottawa ri- River. Several First Nations have opposed the development, who say it could affect their ways of life and the environment. Their traditional territories surround the Ottawa River in both Quebec and Ontario. The communities say the Canadian Nuclear Safety Commission failed its duty to consult and that the commission staff treated the waste site's development as a, quote, foregone conclusion. Turning the attention now to the markets, the TSX is up 40 points at 20,316. The Dow is up 42 points to 35,166. Oil is down $1.29 at $83.11 per barrel, and the Canadian dollar is at $74.40 cents U.S. And that's the Resource Report. If you missed any segment of the show, you can tune in to the on-demand Sask Egg Today podcast, brought to you by Gowan Canada. Gowan Canada understands the challenges growers face and takes pride in finding effective crop protection solutions. Visit GowanCanada.com to learn more. And that's going to do it for Sask Ag Today. I'm Ryan Young. Have a nice day. This podcast brought to you by Gowan Canada, makers of Edge Microactive Pre-Emergent Herbicide.